In this age of confusion, there's disillusion everywhere. It's hard to find true peace of mind or someone who really cares. I have put my trust in Jesus. He's like no other one I know. His word is true. He'll see me through. Praise God. I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus saves. And I believe a crown of life awaits beyond the grave.
This world has refused him, though we abuse him, he still lives. His grief and pain was for our gain, so our Lord might be near. Faith to overcome each trial, the grace to live in victory. Praise God! His nail-scarred hands salvation's plan I believe she well praise God
I took off these weights. I laid down my sin. I made up my mind that I'm gonna win. The shackles have fallen. The chains now are gone. I'm running with Jesus. I'm going on. Cause running on. On with Jesus. I'm going on. And when the streets I started on this journey, me walking with him. That highway is holy, and that road is so straight. And Satan, you can't stop us now. I'm nearing that gate. Cause I'm running on. Oh, with Jesus, I'm going on. And when the street turns to gold, then I'll know I'm home. I started out. Started in faith that one day you'll see. This race that I'm running will bring victory. This race that I'm running will bring victory. Duran, I know exactly what you're feeling right now. I'm standing up here with my dad, my kids. I'm missing one, but I'm, God is blessing me more than I ever deserved. Grand earth has quaked before Moved by the sound of his voice And seas that are shaken and stirred Can be calmed and broken for my regard Through it all, through it all
God is still on his throne. Oh, and he will take care of his own. He'll send thousands, ten thousands, ten thousands of angels.
wounded soldier am I? The enemy's raging around me, and he's crowding my mind. Lord, I'm calling Facing this battle, oh Lord, set the refuge for me. Trials. 
We thank you for the offering today. Randy's going to preach this morning, and I sat home this week, and I did not sit home and whine all week. I actually got my Bible out and got close to God. And I had such a good week this week. Yeah, I was down with my hip. I was down sick with it. But can I tell you something? God's good. And God has been answering prayer all week, and he's been watching over his own. My dad used to say a long time ago, I never forgot it. He said, there are no big eyes in God's kingdom. There's no important people, only him. But yet, I heard Charles Stanley, they made a, played a tape of him the other day. He said, I'm not number 36 to God. He knows my name. And I thought when he said that, praise God, I don't care who you are here today. You're the most important thing here to God. He's glad you're here. He knows your name. He knew you from the day you begin in this life. And he knows what he has plans for you. Trust him. Put it in his life. You'll never regret it. You know what? There's a peace and a joy this world cannot give us. All the things that we see, they're temporary and they're dying. But he's alive forevermore and we're alive in him. I thank him for his grace and mercy. Praise God. Iva didn't really steal my testimony, but she did give you most of it. But the only part I want to change on that is they, they're, you know, the doctors are searching and trying, and they keep pointing to those kidneys, and they say there's, there's something wrong with those kidneys. The mass was there, but then it's gone. Just pray for her kidneys. Pray that God would touch them and not them doctors. But there's been so many things said and so many different things through the songs here this morning and wonderful testimonies and all the, the praises of where God has moved in prayer this week and the great things he's done for, for a lot of us. It's not just one or two. It, it's for those that go to God in prayer. But when Tim had talked to me the other day about that and he had called and asked, did I uh, you know, want to do Sunday morning? I said, sure. You know, and I thought, Lord, there's nothing really been super burning in my heart, but I've been going outside as springtime's upon us. I've been doing a little tilling of the soil and I've been doing a little planting of the seeds and and, and God started dealing with me in that area as soon as Tim got off the phone with me. And it, it's all about... The, the word of God and, and how we are applying that or hearing that. And what I want to talk to you today is I hope you've got your phones and all the garbage shut off that you might have there in your lap because it, the hearing of the word of God is why we're here. And from where you sit back there, you really can't see real well. But when you get up here, and I'm not trying to put anybody down, but they're setting, and when you're doing this and you're doing this and all the distractions, you're not hearing the word of God. So therefore, you're not getting the help that God intended for you that day. Jesus had a lot to say about hearing and, and, and just in general reference to hearing the word of God or, or listen to what I'm saying. There's over six hundred references to hearing in your Bible. So I would say that's a very important thing that we hear, but not only just like Sue was talking about earlier, it's important of what you hear. The garbage in the news, the garbage in the social media, everything that you take in, when you put garbage in, garbage comes out. But when you put the pure and undefiled word of God in, the word of God comes out and he can transform you and make you into what he wants you to be. We're so weighted down anymore with social media and, and all this garbage about our jobs and whether we're good enough or look good enough. God is not interested in any of that. 
He knows you got to work. He knows we got to eat. He knows we got to have a place to live. We don't all got to have the best of those things. What we need is the word of God inside us to transform us to where we will be fit to work for the kingdom of God. So today I want you to tune your hearing in. This whole message is about hearing the word of God and truly hearing the word of God. Jesus had so many important things that he said to us. And then when I went over and I started looking, I found myself, if you want, turn with me to the book of Luke, the 8th chapter. Every one of you have heard this, I'm sure. And it's the parable of the sower and the seed. You know, you've got to get yourself ready when you come to the house of God. If you come in here and you sit here and you're worried about all the cares of the things outside or your job's just a mess or maybe you fought with your kids or your wife or your husband or whoever before, it, it is Satan's goal to mess up your dirt, if I can put it that way. He wants to distract you so that he can destroy you. I can honestly say there's been weeks I've come in here, and I hate to say this, but there's been weeks I've come in here so burdened down by things. I've listened. I've heard every word Tim or DJ or somebody said. How many of you can admit like me that by the time I got home that evening or the next day, I couldn't even recall what they spoke about? Can you be honest with yourself today? Because I've done it. Let's read that. Because there's a reason why that happens. In the 8th chapter of Luke, starting in the 5th verse, it says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell upon the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it out. And other fell on good ground. I want you to have good ground today. Good ground in your heart to receive the word of God and to let it change you today. That's what we're getting at here, to hear and be a good ground for God's word. And it says, and it sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried. Christ cried. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what? Let him hear about where these seeds are going and what are we doing with the seeds of God. What are we doing with the word of God? Are, are we so hardened and so taken away and so busy when we come here that we can't truly get what God's trying to give us? Are we that way today, church? Everything about God's word is to guide us, direct us, to make it possible that hell lost another one, Betty, so we can hear that and come to him and, and be saved and repent. But it doesn't stop there. Our walk is a continual daily walk. And if you don't have the word of God in your life daily, and I don't mean an early morning two-minute devotion, I mean daily spending time in the word of God, seeking him in prayer, you're going to get off course. You're going to be knocked out of the way. You're not going to have those roots. You're not planted in good soil. You don't, if, if a plant doesn't have good roots, what happens to it? It withers away and it dies. Have you ever got a good piece of fruit off of a rotten plant? I haven't. I planted three big tomato plants earlier on, but I planted them too early. And then the devil come and blowed my sheet off that I had them covered up. And the frost got to two of them, but the one in the middle, the one in the middle is still perfect. 
those other two on the ends, the leaves are withering, stalks are drying up. And I thought, God, what are you showing me here? I know it's important for the word of God and for me to be able to hear that. But it's important how you hear that and what you do with it. Because you also have an adversary, the devil, the Bible talks about, that he absolutely hates you and he hates me. And sitting back there this morning, I, I don't know what, I've never had anything like that really come. My head is pounding right now, so pray for me that my head would quit just a little bit so we can get through this. But on down, where did I stop at? He said that he cried, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. And then his disciples went on and asked him, saying, what does this parable, what does it mean? What does it say? And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing that they might not be able to understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Did you hear that? The seed is the word of God. So you cannot have the seed planted within you just coming here on Sunday morning and listening to Tim. We have uh, the Thursday night thing that I don't always make it to. And we've got Sunday school that I don't always, very rarely make it to. But I'm telling you, every opportunity that you have, you need to be putting the word of God into your ground, into your heart. Get it planted within that inner man that Brother Carl talks about. It has got to be in you and rooted deeply in you or when the storms of life come and the things and the cares of this world come, you're going to be. And don't that person shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. Then he explains it to them in plain sense. He says, those by the wayside are those that hear... Then comes the devil, like we just talked about, and he takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. <clears throat> I can't tell you the amount of times that I've seen Tim or DJ or somebody get up here and minister, and it's a word of on salvation. And oh boy, when it's altar time, oh, I got another pastor, or my phone just went off. Guys, those things are intentional. The word of God has been preached convictions went out to him and what happens the devil comes and he snatches that away from him. he takes that word out of him he distracts him he gets him off on a, a phone call or this needs to be done or just a simple I got to go to the bathroom and takes him and pulls him out of that altar call who knows if they're ever going to come back who knows if God's ever going to convict them again you've got to be careful of what you're listening to how you're receiving it and to not let the enemy get in and take it away from you God makes us promises that he wants us to stand on his promises. Not be wishy-washy and say, well, God did it for them and he healed his brother, but he might not my mom, or he touched Shirley, but he might not touch her. God is a God of all people. If we are a child of God, his promises are to you. This book is full of promises. It's to you. Why would you not want to read that and put something in your life that is positive and truthful? Because everything that you see today has no truth to it. God's word is absolute truth. There's no variable in it, no shadow of turning within him or within his word. It's the most important part of our life, but yet we'll go out to eat. We, we care more about this eating than we do this eating. Guys, it's every day we've got to take this in or the devil's going to come and snatch it away from us. And it causes some, according to verse 12, to not be saved. In verse 13 it says... 
They on the rock are they which hear the word, they receive it with joy, and these have no root, which for a while they believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. I think DJ refers to them as Alka-Seltzer Christians. They're all bubbly and praise God for a few months and then and you never see them again. Temptation comes. They have, they're not rooted and grounded in the word of God. They've not put the word in their heart. They, they've heard the gospel. They've responded to the gospel. And they had that for just a minute. And then we like to call they, they backslid. But it, it says there that they, some of them, they, they just they fall away. Verse 13, that was verse 13. Verse 14, and they that which fall among the thorns are they which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked. Listen to this one. They are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Guys, we live in one of the busiest, most, most populated, most fruitful, busy countries that there is. It is so easily to be easily distracted with everything that's going on, whether it be your job, your life, your, your family, your friends. We've got an obligation to the ones that God puts in our life, but our number one obligation is to our relationship with the Heavenly Father. And if we neglect that relationship, we're no good for any of the other relationships either because we have nothing in us to help them. I can go down and sit at the hospital or go visit people or, or, or have a little two-minute prayer with them, but if my heart's not in it, if God's not led me there, if I've not been feasting on His Word, if there's no anointing or no oil there or any, any, in what I'm doing, it's unfruitful. It will produce no fruit because there's no root in me. Do you understand that? we got to, oh, how we should thank God for His written Word. And it's the most neglected thing in most of our lives. In the churches today, they don't want to preach it. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to make anyone upset. They don't want to run anyone off. It's not them doing the running off. If you're preaching the true word of God and you get upset with me over the, the word of God and you don't come back, I will pray for you, but I, I really don't care as far as if you're mad at me. God's word has to be preached. In these last days, it needs to be a preached with anointing and truthfulness and get back to the heart of the word of God because there are so many that are slipping and falling away because they're sitting in places that not only do they not give them the true word of God, they're giving them complete false doctrines that's leading them astray and they don't take time in the word so they don't even have the discernment to know what they're listening to, whether it's good for them or it's not. But they ingest that every week or they listen to the, the videos and different ones. I can't tell you the amount of Christian people that call themselves Christians that send me a video or a song or something like that. And they think it's just the greatest thing. And as soon as I hear it, I think, Lord, what are they hearing? There's nothing there. It's just air, just words. There's no anointing. There's not, the truth of the gospel has been twisted. And yet they don't know that. They don't even realize it. So that's how we know. We've got, that's how we know. Verse 15 says, But that on the good ground, praise God, that on the good ground are they, which in having an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, they keep it and they bring forth fruit with what? Patience. Young Christian, if you're here today, your life's not going to completely be perfect when you come to Christ. Old Christian, when you're here today, your life's not going to be perfect in Christ. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have trials. You are going to sin. Let's call it what it is. It's going to happen. 
be patient. Don't just turn in haste and say, I've tried this Jesus thing. It don't work. I'm still a bubbling mess. You know, I can't live up to this. Because if everybody in this room would be completely transparent and open, they can't either. Self-righteousness is the most destructive thing in the church. It makes others think that they can't live up to that plateau that you think you're setting on, which you're not. You're not. You're right down here with the rest of us. That holier-than-thou walk will never win a single soul to Christ. It's the one that will get down with them and say, I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've been the one that couldn't get off the drugs. I've been the one that couldn't lay down the bottle. I've been the one that, you know, did all these sorts of things. Guys, that's our testimony. That's how we overcome. That's how we win others to the Lord. And that only comes about with a, with a, a walk with Christ. Through the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the living word. So if you're neglecting the word, who are you neglecting? Let that sink in for a minute. Verse 18, Jesus goes on to say this. He says, take heed therefore how you hear. For whosoever has, to him shall be given more. And whosoever has not, from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. Doesn't that sound a little bit like verse 12? Verse 12 says, those by the wayside are those that hear. And then cometh the devil. And take away, a word, away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Paul went about it uh, like this in 1 Thessalonians. You don't have to turn there. I've got a lot of stuff I want to try to give you here in just a little bit of time. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul said this. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing. When you received the word of God which you have heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, not Randy up here hollering at me or trying to tell me something, not Uncle Tim, but that they received it as truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Guys, you got to understand, it's not only what you hear, it's how you hear, how you receive it, and do you do anything with it. If you never apply what you hear to your life, if you never allow the Holy Spirit to whisper in your ear like Dana did, it's all about hearing, hearing, hearing. I've got a whole big mess today, and I'm not making a mess of it. Moses said in Deuteronomy 18.15, he said, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, un, like unto me, unto him you shall hearken. Unto him you shall listen, which is unto Christ. Unto him you shall hearken, unto him you shall listen. It is of, uh, we have found him, they said, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth the son of Joseph. Jesus Christ, the living word. But yet, most of the time, it sits like this on our coffee table or on our dining table or whatever, and we walk past it and we walk past it and we turn on the tube or we look at our phone or we do whatever. The, the, the breath, the, the living life is laying right there next to us, but we don't partake of it. Guys, I, I, I could write one of you a check now for, you know, $5,000 and hand it to you. Say, you know, Johnny, here you go. Here's, here's five grand. If you never take that to the bank and cash it, what good is it? It's none. It's worthless. If you never put this within you, 
It's worthless to you. Not that God's word is worthless because it's the most important thing on this earth. But if you never take it in, if you never digest it, if you never get it within yourself and get it down into that inner part, into that inner man, that's where the seeds need to be sown because that's where the good soil is. That's where things can sprout up into the fruits of repentance where you can have fruit to share with your family and friends and loved ones and the ones that God plants in your path. can't say much. Jackson's a distraction a lot of times back there too. I love him, but he can be a distraction. Guys, I wrote down kind of like the, the four C's of what I said of listening to God. Number one is communication, and that's just listening to God. Number two is comprehension, understanding what God's word is truly saying to us. Number three, we got to have confidence. If you don't have confidence in the Word of God, and if you don't trust in it completely in what He's saying, you're never going to apply it to your life. If you're kind of wishy-washy on, well, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I believe that. If you don't believe it, you're not going to receive it. And if you don't receive it, it can't transform your life and make you into what God wants you to be. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ died and hung on a cross and, and shed his blood and that through him and him alone is salvation made unto man, you're never going to be saved. Don't tell me, well, oh, God loves everybody. He does. But he hates your sin. He loves the sinner and he hates the sinner. So what have we got to do? We've got to go to number four. Number four is there's got to be a change. Friend, I want to tell you something today. If you've been sitting in church your whole life, or you've been calling yourself a Christian your whole life, and there's been no change in your life, you're still walking the same way you walked, you're still talking all the time the same way you talked, you're still indulging in all the things that you used to indulge in, you know what? I, I would check where I was at with the Lord. I'm not saying new Christians listen to me and hear me well. There are going to be things in your life that are not going to be immediately uprooted. It's going to take time to get rid of some things. But friend, if you've been walking for 15 or 20 years and you still got a, a problem with the bottle all the time or you still think that smoking dope and sleeping with whoever is just fine, God will forgive me because His grace is just so great. Quit listening to the lies of the devil. God will show mercy on who he'll have mercy on. He'll give grace to those who deserve grace. Those that are struggling with things in their life, he will work with those that are struggling and are still listening to the voice of God and saying, Lord, I don't want to be doing this, but I can't stop. That one will get the mercy of God. The one that sits there and says, the Lord will forgive me because the Lord's full of grace. Look out, buddy. You're listening to the wrong voice. You're hearing the wrong thing. You're hearing the voice of the one that wants to take away everything you have. And he comes right along beside of you. It's not always blinking lights and just, he makes everything sound almost legit. Jesus will be mixed in there a little bit. And love will be mixed in there a little bit. Ah, don't worry about it. Nobody knows what you're doing. God does. He says he knows the very intent of your heart. And in another place, Jesus said our hearts are desperately wicked. How can we know them? How can we know them? We know them by the word of God. Romans 12, 2 says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And guys, this can only be done through the word like we've been talking about. And there's got to be that change in the person that's heard the gospel. Seven times in the book of Revelation, seven times to seven different churches, Jesus Christ said to them, 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. I think a lot of times we get mixed up and we think it's Pastor Tim or we think it's Mr. Stanley that's going on to be with the Lord or whoever you're watching. We think, oh man, that was an, they gave an awesome word today. You need to realize that if the word of God is being given to you under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is coming from the Lord God Almighty that cares about your soul way more than I could ever care about it. He desires for you to be transformed, saved, and be in heaven with him. He desires for hell to lose all of them, Betty. But the, the Bible goes on to say that hell enlarges itself every day. I cannot get that scripture out of my mind. And I know I bring it to pass usually about every time I'm up here. But if you think about that, whoa, what a statement. That the dimensions of heavens never change. The blueprint's in your Bible. Read it. It's in there. It tells you exactly how big it's going to be. And it's never changed. It's never changed, not one time. I want you, if you will, go with me real quick over to Proverbs. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, it gives us some real good encouragement and why we are to apply this word of God to our life. Guys, once you've been on your way a while, you kind of think, uh, I've heard that sermon. I've heard that over and over again. Uh, you know, there's not too much you don't think you've never heard. Or you get to a point, maybe you think you know everything. Can I tell you, we don't really know nothing. We don't really know nothing. The devil done tried that one on me a few years. Oh, you've done read that. You, you, you don't need You know what? For a minute you start to believe that. And you go off and he tries to knock you off course onto other little silly things. It, it might even have something to do with studying scripture or whatever. But you're not truly getting it. You can go on a, a, a goose chase they call it. The devil's real good at sending us on goose chases. Things... That may seem good to us. They may seem godly. There may not be things that are necessarily wrong or sinful. But they just get you on the path of not doing anything. Not learning anything new. Not growing. Not maturing. Not, not, you're just stepping on that baby's milk your whole walk. You've never really learned the depths of God's word. That's where he wants to cut you off. He wants to keep you there for a reason. Proverbs uh, 22 and verse 17, it says, it says, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within thee and they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee, they shall keep, uh, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. I want you to get that. That. Thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have I not written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth that to them basically that are sent to thee. Guys, if we don't get it in, we can't get it out. God's, God's word is a promise unto us that he's wanting to give us his wisdom. He's wanting to give us his truth. He's wanting to give us something that will, that will make us strong and sturdy in our walk with God. We don't got to walk around with our heads down all the time, guys. We don't got to walk around defeated. We don't got to walk around thinking, I can't do this. If you think that, you're right. You can't do this. But God's word can and it can change you and he can mold you and shape you into who he wants you to be. 
But when you step away from God's word and you start hearing the false, another Jesus, another gospel. Guys, they're out there. There's churches full of them right now today that's being fed the biggest lines out of hell that you've ever heard in your life. And they sit there and they praise and they, put, and they think everything is going on fine. But there's no, there's no root there. They've not heard the real truth. They've not heard anything that can change their life. Without change, you're still the same. That's pretty simple. Even an old dummy like me can realize if something doesn't change, it's still the same. I'm not saying you're going to change unto perfection. One day we will. Glory be to God. One day this old flesh won't have nothing to do with us no more and we'll be separated from it and we'll be eternally perfect and happy with the Lord Jesus Christ. But until then, I'm not saying take it super easy on yourself, but don't beat yourself to death if you've messed up. If you've done something, go to the only one that can forgive you. It's not a strange thing that Jesus' disciples asked that about how many times they should be forgiven. Seven? Seventy times, Lord? No, I say seven times seventy. Four hundred and ninety times in a day for what possibly could have been, Bobby, the same offense. I'd have, I'd have been done with him. Wouldn't you? Huh? I'd have been done with him. I'd have done, Bobby just scratched him off the list over there. I, you know, after about round five in 24 hours, buddy, I'm done with you. Don't call me no more. Thank God he ain't like that. He's not like that, guys. He, he is long-suffering, and he's faithful, and he's merciful, and he's graceful to those that will come and partake of that grace. It doesn't come automatically. God has showed it a, 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 a love to our nation, but our nation as a whole right now is in a complete mess. A lot of the church is in a complete mess. Why? Because they've gotten away from the word of God. They've gotten away from the, the truth of preaching the word. They've got away from uh, seeking God for their anointing. They're not spending any time in prayer. They're not spending any time on their knees asking God, God, what direction do you want me to go? What do you want me to do, Lord? They're in there saying, give me a title, and I will do the best of it I can. Yeah. Good for you. You're not going to change anybody. You're not going to help the kingdom of God. You're going to do more harm to it than good, but good for you. Sue, when you said that, I, I, I tell people that all the time. I don't know why in the world you listen to news. All, all you're doing is you're, you're putting poison in and you're getting, I, I mean, now granted, we get little bits and pieces of it. I've got some certain little news things that two or three minutes and, hey, I know enough. I'm done with that stuff. Guys, what goes in will destroy you. When you go back and you look at Babylon, Babylon was once a, a thriving place. Now, they didn't love the Lord, our God. They loved all their gods and all their pagan gods. And, and then he allowed them to come over and, and take over Israel and put them in bondage and all these things. But guys, you know, Babylon's a wasteland. There's nothing grows there. There's nothing there. There's, no, there's really no life there. It, when God cursed that land, it's kaput. And I get so nervous when I look at our country today, and I think there's so many that's so 
prideful and they're so lifted up in their self and they've so much took the word of God and the hearing of God's word and even being able to apply the word of God to our children in the schoolhouse or in the courtrooms or anything. We have thrown him out of everything that our nation stands for does. They can sit up there and say, well, let's kill all of our babies and let's do all this stuff. But praise God. Do you think God hears that? He does. Oh, he does hear it. Do you think God is all, uh, just because we repealed Roe versus Wade, do you think he's forgot about all those babies that we slaughtered? Mm-mm. See, as I think, everybody says they think judgment's coming, and I know more judgment's coming, but I believe we're in that judgment now. I believe that's why we've got a White House full of idiots that do not understand the word of God. They do not want to hear the word of God. They don't want anybody there that's protesting or coming against their evil and wickedness and just promoting that, you know, if you would come to Jesus Christ, he will save you and save you of your sins. They don't want nothing to do with any of that stuff. Nothing. So as a nation, we will suffer the consequences of that. You and I are not going to just dodge it all together. God has a way of protecting us. He has a, a way of guiding those that love him and seek him in his word. But there was another word that came to me yesterday afternoon after I started looking into this and then the hearing and then God, what's going to happen when, when we don't, when uh, you know our nation as a whole doesn't hear. I, I believe we have individual sins and then I believe that we also have great big sins. Sins as a nation that blankets our whole society. And our whole society is completely rotten. When you turn on that garbage for a little bit and you see a man dressed up as a woman, you see a woman dressed up as a man, and they say that stuff's okay. I've, I've seen the videos of where there's eight and nine-year-old kids in these schools that are being fed books that's teaching them how to perform oral sex on other boys and these types of things. That little small remnant, that voice is very loud right now. And they are pushing that. They're keeping that junk in our schools, but they're kicking out everything to do with God, anything to do with righteousness, prayer. None of that can be done there. We ought to be mad about those things. They are destroying our children. But if you don't hear the word of God, if you don't have the strength of the word of God in your heart, you're not going to stand up to the wickedness in those wicked days. Guys, all of those following us really will only ever learn what we show them. Think of that. There's so many influences today. There's so many voices I hear that question all the time. How do I know I'm hearing the right voice? If it don't line up with this, it's not the right voice. When they tell you all sorts of other evil things, and oh, it's okay. It's not okay. If something is going on in your life or God shows you something or God's trying to uproot something out of your life and somebody else is still trying to tell you it's okay, listen to the voice of God. Get it out of your life at all costs, whether it's a family member, a friend, whatever it is. If God says sever it, sever it. If God says take a little space, take a little space. You know, God told Saul when he went in there, he said, kill everything. Spare nothing. 
not the women, not the children, not the animals, not nothing. And what did Saul do? They come back with the best-looking cows and the best-looking this. Oh, man, we use them for ourselves. What did Samuel do? He rebuked him, and he said, God, I love that movie. I, there, there's one of the movies that I, I forget what it is, but Samuel took his knife out and, that, and reached out and grabbed that animal. And whoosh, he said, God said, he said, when God says kill, you kill. When God says restrain, you restrain. But whatever you do, do what the voice of God is telling you. Make sure it's the voice of God. And don't go home and kill your neighbor that you don't like or whatever. God, ain't, I don't think he's saying that today. The last part that I want to get to, guys, is up. it's over in Amos. And this is a stern warning from Amos that went out to the children of Israel. Because they had went after all the other pagan gods. God had called to them time and time again. God had been merciful unto them time and time again. He had let them fall and then he had picked them back up. He had restored them and brought them back and did everything imaginable for the children of Israel. And when I, I want you to kind of look at us as a, America as this children of Israel thing. This is what I'm wanting to get you to see. Because the sins of a nation, they have to be dealt with. They have to be dealt with. In Amos, the eighth chapter, the Lord makes a very strong statement. And I kept dealing with this yesterday, and I'm, I, I don't believe I'm taking anything out of context. Because I believe God was leading me to this, to this passage. But when we as a whole or as a nation or as the majority maybe or a lot of the church, as we get away from the gospel, as we get away from the truth of God, God tries over and over again through sermons, through songs, through friends, through loved ones, through, through tragedy sometimes, through different avenues, His number one goal is always to bring us back to Him. He does not want to lose us. And there's one reason for that. It's not because you're so cute. He just can't do without you. He knows what's awaiting those that rejects him. That's the, that's the thing. In Amos 8, in verse 11, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now, I want you to get that because it, it, it's not a, a famine of the word of the Lord. It's a famine of the hearing the word of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even unto the east. And they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. And they shall not find it. What a startling statement. But friend, I want to tell you today, if you're here and you've been running from God and you've been putting that decision off or you've backslid away from God and you think, you know what, Tim makes this testimony all the time and it breaks my heart that his mother says, when I'm ready to die, I will accept the Lord. You don't know that you have that time. You don't know that God will open that door. When he's dealing with you, move. When he's talking to you, listen, don't put it off another day. 
it, it, it says right there that they'll look. You know, there's a day coming when they're going to want to hear the truth. They're going to want to hear about salvation. They're going to say, Lord, we've, we've been caught up in all this other junk, but now let us hear the words of the Lord. What did he say? You shall not find them. God's spirit will not always strive with man. And that does not mean that you have until your deathbed to make your mind up. Friend, if you're here today, I want to tell you, if you don't know Christ, you need to come to know him today. He bled. He gave his life and died that we could be saved. There is no other way. There's no other avenue. There's, any, there's not another way to get up to heaven. Jesus said himself, if anybody tries to climb or go up another way, that same as a thief or a robber. And then over in the other scripture, he says, a thief and a robber and a drunkard will never inherit the kingdom of God. So it's pretty easy to put two and two together. I'm just a dumb old uh, hillbilly. I'm not real smart. But I can understand. I can put two and two together and realize that if God said that, it's going to happen. If I continue down that road or down that path, if I make that my lifestyle or my choice or I think everything's my right because everything in our society today is about our rights. We don't want our rights removed. We don't want this or that. Everything's about selfishness, self-centeredness. And that day's coming when they're going to plead. They're, they, you know, in another scripture it says that they'll cry out for the rocks to fall on them because there can be no comfort found. Friend, if you're here today, I, I want you to understand two things. Hearing the word of God and getting the word of God inside you is the most important thing in this life. This is the living, breathing word of God. This is Jesus Christ in my book. This is his book. This is him. We need to partake of it. We need to partake of it daily. Guys, I, 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 I mean, I just got to admit to you, you know, there's, thing, there's times come up in my life, I, I don't pay this enough attention. Oh, you the preacher, you got to, uh-uh. There, there's, there's times that things come up, life gets busy. Hello, Merle. Merle gets busy. Guys, we've got we've to get our focus. Um. God has given us warning and warning and warning over the word of God, over repentance. And I just want to be very transparent and real with you for a minute. I, I, I'm not, I don't think it's because we're a church full of a bunch of, you know, just outright obnoxious sinners. I know there's probably a few that's in the crowd. The wheat always grows up with the tares. So, so you're here. There, there's somebody here that doesn't know the forgiveness of Christ, so there's some here that believe they're on the right track, but they're not. There's some that's heard a false gospel, and you, you've heard the truth today, but listen, I, I don't want you to believe me because of me. I want you to read this for yourself, because I'm just a man too. See, I can slip up, and I can interpret something the wrong way if I'm not on track with God, so always read that word for yourself. But guys, when there's so many stern warnings come, that can't help but tell me one thing, that, the, that this thing could wrap up. And you say, oh, we've heard that for years. People's been preaching it for years. Yeah, they have. But one year, that's going to be the last year. 
one sermon is going to be the last one you're ever going to hear. One chance to say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner, is going to be the last one you're ever going to hear. Over in the 17th chapter of Luke, it speaks of the one that was there, that he wished he had that one more opportunity, that one more chance. He knows everything that took place in his life. He remembers his brothers are lost. Send somebody to him. And they said, no, they've got Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Guys, I hope you're hearing today. There's some of us that's been on our way. Maybe we're just getting a little getting a little slack in what we do. Guys, we need to come to God. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, his word says. And he will restore those that come to him. He says he will no wise cast out the one of you here that does not know him. He said he will not cast you out if you'll come to him. He, he knows what you've already done. God loves you, but he hates what you've done. And he wants to forgive you. Guys, if, as they come, I, I don't, I'm, I'm done. I, I know I'm, I'm done. As they come and they get a song, I want you to search your heart and ask God, have you been hearing, have you heard him correctly? Are you on the right path? Are you doing as God would have you to do? Because I know when the word comes forth like this, it's never a let me get up to that altar real quick type of message. I understand that. But God is drawing his people to himself in these last days. There's a place for repentance. There's always room at the cross. We all need, I was talking with a brother yesterday, and he revealed some things to me, a big testimony. And there, there was so much stuff in there. And I'm thinking, Lord, what are you? You know, I, I know we overcome by the word of the Lord and our testimony. There was so much in it, and there was so much depth. And I've seen the struggles of a man that truly was saved. But then he told me some of his innermost things that I, I don't even think his family knows. But that how God had delivered him from these things after, after all this time. It was years. He dealt with this stuff in bondage for years to different things that he had been in bondage to. He loved God, but he would go out and do these things and then he would fall on his knees and it was back and forth and back and forth. And I said, brother, but God's grace... We can't take advantage of it, but God dealt with you graciously. To now where he's, he's rightfully restored, he's got a great walk with God, he's a wonderful witness to everything, but the devil was trying to take him out. The devil's been trying to take some of you out for some time. You, you've got things in your life you, you don't disclose to others. You've got things in your life that you'd rather us all not know. I've got things in my life that I would rather you not know. But the truth is, God knows them all. The other part of this hearing that I want to talk about for just one second is God is longing to hear from you. God is longing to hear you say, Lord, forgive me. God, restore me and help me. Renew within me a right spirit, God, like David prayed in Psalm 50. Help me, O Lord. I know I've done these things. And God, I need to be restored unto a place of righteousness and fellowship with you. I don't know who it is here today, but there's someone here today that you need to be restored. You need to be lifted back up to your rightful place. God wants 
that relationship with you. And it can be broken and hindered by sin and by life. Guys, don't be embarrassed. It comes to all of us at some point. We all deal with the enemy. We all deal with this flesh. Don't glorify the devil and say the devil made you do everything. Your old sorry self makes you do some things. It's because you want them, you go after them, you get them. The devil ain't got that much power. Jesus says he has all power and all authority to, to heal what's broken, to mend anything that's broken, to forgive sin, to restore, to make new, to make whole again. So as they sing something today, I hope your ears were tuned in to what the Spirit of God was saying. God longs for that relationship with you. He longs to save that lost loved one. He longs to save that lost one here in this crowd today. He longs for you to hear His Word to where He can fill you up to overflowing to where you can be used for His kingdom. He wants to hear from you today. So as they sing something, if you would come, let's pour out our hearts to God. Let's say, Lord, get us back on the right track. Lord, help us to be the last day church that you want us to be. Lord, we're going to have to be strong because all of hell is waging war against the church. We've got to be grounded and rooted and have some strength. You've got to be rooted and grounded in Christ. If you're not rooted and grounded in Him today, if the Word of God is not an exemplary thing in your life, friend, you need to come and say, God, help me to make your Word and my relationship with you the most important thing in my life so that I can help those that you plant around me. You know, when you plant plants, I know some of the sisters in here and the brothers may understand, but other plants can help other plants to grow and to strengthen and to prosper and to give off good fruit. Seek Him today with your whole heart while He can still be found as they sing something. I want you to listen to the words of the song.
to the inner out. There's no time for playing around. We're going back to lost or found. Church, we've got to go back and stand our ground. Hallelujah. Got to go like a sleeping giant standing tall in God's strength and might the power that we for so long you'll see returning we're being made strong we're not looking to the right or the Oh, 
there's a right, there is a wrong, back, back to where it's black or white. You see the difference, it's like day and night, we're going back to things above.